two in the NBA season and the Second Stringers NBA podcast is here to cover it all. Today on our podcast, we'll talk about Tyron Lue, who is on his way out. And we'll also do a quick check on the progress report on some of these coaching changes that happened over the summer. Let's see who was a good hire, okay hire, and just a straight up bad hire at this point. Or maybe um, it's inconclusive at this point. Also, we'll explore the, the scoring explosion in the NBA We'll, of course, cover the best performers, worst performers of the weekend, which teams are rising and which teams are sinking. And also, we'll close it off to uh, asking asking the question of whose playoff streak is most likely to be over, OKC, Rockets, or Wizards. But before we head off into discussion, uh, we got a special guest with us, Andrew. Uh, Sean, if you want to introduce Andrew for us. Yeah, so Andrew Ray is my buddy from uh, the Cal Poly days. And, you know, he just started his own podcast himself, the Ray Ray Pod. You can check that out on YouTube. But he's got, he's got a hot take for us right now, Alan. And uh, I'm interested. I've heard this one before, but you definitely haven't. And okay. I'm re- it's going to be an interesting reaction for you. So, Andrew, why don't you, why don't you uh, start us off here? Oh, yeah. Hey, guys. Uh, you want me to start off with my raging hot take? Yep. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. the one. Let's hear it. See what you got. All right. Well, uh, this is uh, this is a hot topic on uh, the Ray Ray Pod episode one, <laughs> and uh, we're talking about where uh, where Kevin Durant should go next year. Ooh. Which, okay. Have, have you guys talked about that yet on this podcast? No, not yet. I mean, we've kind of been focusing on well, there was last off season, and then the season just started. We we haven't looked at 2019 yet, but. Hey, we're here to speculate. Oh, yeah. Well, so everyone's speculating right now. A lot of people are saying, like, the Knicks or the Lakers or, you know, I just don't think there's any good options out there for Kevin Durant if he wants to uh, to leave the Warriors, you know? Yeah, okay. true. So, you know, assuming that the Warriors just put up a ridiculous season and Things just get too easy, and KD wants a new challenge. I think he should go to the Seattle SuperSonics. <laughs> <laughs> he should, oh, uh, right. yeah, he should force the NBA to create the franchise. He should buy himself a twenty-five percent ownership stake and play power forward for the uh, the expansion SuperSonics. That would be awesome if he could pull that off. Though I don't think it would that could happen in just a matter of three months over a summer. But if he could figure out a way to make it happen, I'm on, I'm on board that on that. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't, he, I didn't did not expect that answer. <laughs> yeah. That's where so we got even... hung up with the, uh, the guys on Ray Ray pod was no one thinks it could actually happen, which I guess my thing is it probably can't, but if you're Kevin Durant, like why not try it out? You know? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of complex moving pieces to try to make that work. Uh, I mean, obviously, finding an NBA-suited stadium in Seattle, which was one of the number one reasons why they moved out. And then, two, is acquiring the couple billion dollars it would take to start this <laughs> franchise. Um, yeah, Kevin Durant's a wealthy man, but I don't think he's that wealthy. He's going to need some right. big names to help him out with that. And... Like I feel like that's something he'd have to start like right now. If yeah, he, for, right for now. next season, like he's playing NBA season right now. Like how much time does he have to think about owning a owning a Seattle SuperSonics expansion team? Right. And yeah. Then, I mean, how how would this work? I mean, would would you just like have an open draft the next night after the NBA draft to get <laughs> players onto? Because I mean, he still got he still has to get somewhat of a some players around him how would that really work i mean yeah i'm not really sure yeah. exactly how it would work but <laughs> i guess the reason why i think he should do it now is because this is when he'll have the most power he's he's in his prime the nba needs kevin durant and i think if there's a time for him to say i want to create my own basketball team i think i think this would be his best best chance i'll tell you what would give it a better shot if he um basically uh, forces the hand of one of these franchises to get up and move to Seattle. If Durant is like, Hey, Sacramento, I will sign for you with you guys. And not only will I sign with you, but it will be a four year guaranteed years that I will be there. I don't need a player option. Um, but you have to 
uplift your franchise and move it to Seattle. I think that would have a better chance of working. Yeah, or even not even a four-year contract, like a lifetime contract. Like, I'll play with this franchise until the end of my career. Right, because he would bring a lot of equity to the Kings even when he's like 42 and unable to even get any lift off the floor. <laughs> I, I like that. It's a good offshoot of, of Ray Ray's plan. I, I think it's that's something that could happen. I feel like the Clippers could do that. No one likes yeah. us in L.A. anyway, so... Why don't we get Kevin Durant, move up to Seattle, and then all of a sudden you got a contending team. You have your own city. Yeah. I, I'd be down for that. I mean, yeah. While you're at it, while you're at it, just make your mascot Kevin Durant, <laughs> the Durants, <laughs> the Seattle Durants. <laughs> yeah. See, the people that just help pay for like that new arena in downtown Sacramento might not like that, but. That's true. <laughs> but see, in right. Seattle, he would be the he'd be the man forever in Seattle. You know. Yeah. I had no doubt about that. Yeah. I, I don't think any city would have mind. Well, outside of maybe L.A. or, uh, yeah, I don't think actually any city would mind having Durant move into their city. I think he would automatically be the man as soon as he moved in there. I love how, like, reasonably you handled this information, Alan, because it's like <laughs> the most, like, out there thing. And you're like, wait, no, we can make this work somehow. <laughs> yeah, when I, mean, I first there, heard this, way. I was like, "What even? What?" <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it it sounds funny to imagine just like Durant uh, flying and having Fourth of July barbecue with um, Adam Silver and explaining this great <laughs> idea to him, yeah. and somehow trying to make it work the next week. Because uh, yeah, it would it would have to move move extremely fast. But anyways, any moving on from there. Uh, yeah, man, that kind yeah. of just like <laughs> Thank, that just kind of opened up. That was, that was great. <laughs> Good way to open the show, right? Oh, fantastic! Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it opened up a big Pandora's box. I just want to talk about every possible <laughs> hypothetical situation. <laughs> but let's let's move on to what's actually happened. So, um, there's a list of players who have put up 30 points, uh, 15 rebounds, and 10 assists in the last 20 years, and it's a pretty small list. It got it has Russell Westbrook, James Harden, LeBron James, Nikola Jokic. Surprisingly, Brandon Knight, Rajon Rondo, and Baron Davis. And there's a current second-year player in the league right now who has joined this list of players. Uh, Andrew, I'll give you the first the first guess at this since uh, you're the guest on this podcast. Any thoughts on who that might be? Oh, man. Second-year player. I didn't do my research for this, Alan. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't come prepared. Yeah. Yeah, he's not on my fantasy team, I don't think, so... <laughs> any any guess throw out any second year player you know a second year jason tatum that's a good, good guess. guess uh that's wrong <laughs> i i have a feeling you know the answer to this sean that's a good guess though this has got to be my man De'Aaron fox that's right yep. the fox uh, <laughs> nice the Fox coming out to play tonight and i'm sure we'll talk about him as a best performer i mean how could you not this guy uh, I'm good. I'm glad he came out and performed. I mean, he had a kind of a rough rookie year, and now it, it, his star starting to shine a little bit better. Yeah, and th- this whole Kings team's actually been pretty surprising too, and we'll get into them a little bit later too. But first of all, like I think this is the biggest news of the week out of everything. Yeah, Tyron Lue out as the Cavs coach after coaching them to a zero and six pathetic start to the season. <laughs> Wow, mm. man. I, I mean, no, you couldn't. I mean, it, it kind of sucks. You know, I, I like Tyron Lue. He seemed like a, like a cool guy. But a cool guy? He seemed like a swell man, but I, <laughs> there's not much you can do with this roster. Uh, I mean, it seemed like he butted heads with ownership. And, again, I think he this he's also he comes off to me as one of these guys that really falls in love with, like, his boys. Like, I think he, he really liked JR. And I think he liked Kyle Korver. Um, and they went through some battles and for him to, you know, bench them and play Colin Sexton over them, uh, Rodney Hood, Jordan Clarkson. I think that was something he couldn't really find himself doing. I think he butted heads with uh, management due to that. Well, I think management kind of did him a solid here, you know? Yeah, true. Uh, <laughs> he's going to he's going to miss out on all those L's and uh, he's walking away with a winning <laughs> record. And uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, his coaching career right. percentage yeah. is up for sure. And the only championship that the Cavs have ever won is under him. But 
at the same time, Alan, I know I know you like yourself some Tyron Lue, but I <laughs> he is not a good coach, man. Like you have to accept it. Like LeBron mm-hmm. was holding up that team. He's holding up the whole city on his shoulders. And Tyron Lue just happened to be the guy that was the coach. I don't see Lue's advantage over David Blatt or um what was it, like Larry Brown? No. Is Larry something before? Mike Brown? Yeah, Mike Brown. Yeah. Brown. <laughs> yeah, him before him. Like, there's just no advantage to any of these guys. And Tyron Lue is just another one in the mix. And uh, now you have Larry Drew coming in, uh, who I was mistaken with <laughs> Mike Brown for some reason, um, who's going to be the interim head coach in the meantime, but he's not accepting the title until he gets re- a renegotiated contract, most likely to protect him from <laughs> what happened to Tyron Lue just now in the case that the Cavs are just completely awful this year. Yeah, I'm surprised he's doing that. I mean, I'm not sure what kind of leverage Larry Drew actually has other than being maybe the, the cheapest option for the Cavaliers at this point. Um, but, hey, I mean, what a great negotiator to pull this off, but... I mean, I I just don't really see the reason for the Cavs to really give them that better deal. I mean, if I'm if I'm management, I might as well just let him run the year and then reevaluate in the summer because this is a franchise that's that's paying a lot of tax due to the teams they built under LeBron, and they're going to still be paying Tyron Lue for a couple of years too. Right? Uh, yeah, I think they're they're still paying David Blatt also. That's true. Yeah. There you go. And uh, I don't know. I just see Larry Brown's being really smart in this situation, being like, look, guys, like, I'm not going to succeed with this team at all. No. And he probably wasn't geared up to be a head coach in the first place anyway. I think he's trying yeah. to negotiate his contract so that they can't fire him from being an assistant next year even. is what That's I, true. I would think. I'm not sure how I, this all goes down, but, I mean, you have Kevin Love out for possibly over a month now with this random toe injury that he ouch. sustained. Yeah, mm-hmm. and now, now, yeah, your your team's looking like Jordan Clarkson is the number one option. This is the Lakers from <laughs> freaking what was, year was that? 2015. Right. Well, they got Rodney Hood though, and they well, Rodney Hood's not too bad. He's, He's okay. like the Ryan Kelly of yeah. this team, man. <laughs> this is this you're, this is looking a lot like the 2015 Lakers. You're right. You got Larry Nance. <laughs> uh, you got Tristan Thompson. Is basically the Carl, the Carlos Boozer of that team. Oh man. Oh man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. This, I mean, this team is um, thought it wasn't tanking, but it's clear now more than ever that it's tanking. I mean, you got locker room issues with J.R. Smith as well, just straight up requesting <laughs> a trade straight publicly. Um, Illegally. This has just not been his year. I mean, but I, I mean, you say that, but at the same time, let's not forget that man is getting paid thirteen million dollars right <laughs> oh, now. I'm, I didn't forget. <laughs> That's, yeah, J.R. Smith, man. I don't know why he's complaining. He has a championship. He's got his money. Like yeah, what what, he, what he's just all full of pride. That's all it is. Well, he can't play. Well, he can play. I but. feel like this this Cavs situation just really shows how LeBron still has some work to do uh, in becoming a good general manager. <laughs> oh yeah, that's a I definitely. Mean, yeah, Tristan Thompson was like a big part of that. Like now, why the Cavs are screwed because LeBron wanted to give Tristan Thompson a max contract. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, I guess LeBron didn't give it to him. But, yeah, Tristan oh, Thompson yeah. was one of his <laughs> <Basically> boys. LeBron. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, yeah, they're under the same agent, under the same agency. I mean, I'm sure they, they had a lot of discussions, and LeBron highly encouraged him to take the most he could out of this franchise in terms of dollars. And he did, but, hey, and that's why they struggled so hard last year to bring anybody to help in, to help LeBron James out. Yeah, so let's take a look at these other coaching changes, though, that are definitely going better than the Cavs situation, but maybe not True. as much as they would have liked at this point. So we, we got a good amount of teams to go through here, you guys. Yeah. Um, we'll start off with the Bucks. I mean, 7-1 and one under Buttonholzer. Uh, great, the coach great hire. Bucks. Yeah, Pff, man. No, no question. Uh, I mean, this team's looking better than ever, shooting they're just wrapping up threes as they're just throwing them up there as soon as they catch the ball, as soon as somebody's open. Uh, Giannis looks good. Chris Chris Middleton looks good. Uh, I think I made my prediction a little too soon last year when I said the Bucks were a top three team in the East. This is the year they're taking it. Yeah, I mean, it, it's still early, but it's looking good. I mean, their defensive efficiency is as high as it's ever been. Uh, Giannis mm-hmm. looks like he's taking another little step in becoming an MVP caliber player. 
and they just yeah. they just had their first loss in a close game at Boston was their first loss of the season. So I mean, when you're talking about that being your only loss this year, like this team's looking really strong. Yeah. What about the Hornets here, four and five under their new coach? Um, nothing, nothing out of the ordinary, <laughs> I think. <laughs> this is it's the same team. It's the like, coach isn't doing anything different. Well, he's. I think the only thing here is just maybe he's letting. Uh, he's doing a good favor for Kimball Walker, letting him sort of roam around and, and take more control of the offense as opposed to um, Clifford, who who at times wanted to go to Dwight Howard in the post. Um, I think it's looking better for Kimball Walker. I mean, we we just saw a string of good performances from from him so far to start this season. Yeah, that's true. But they they kind of had to. I mean, you lost Dwight Howard, who was like yeah. really your only post option. You're rolling with Cody Zeller now in the post and Kemba Walker just has to run the whole team and the Hornets are just going to end up like exactly how they did last year, probably winning like somewhere between 38 and 40 games. I mm-hmm. I mean, honestly could have forgotten that they had a new coach. Yeah. And you got the Detroit, pa- the Detroit Pistons who got the Dwayne Casey. Now this team started off hot, but since then they've lost three straight. Are you, what are you rating this, this coaching uh, situation? Like I, I love Dwayne Casey, man. I think I think he's a really good coach. I mean, we saw what he did with Toronto last year with that team. Mm-hmm. He got the one of the most wins in the NBA, the most in Toronto's franchise history. Uh, I mean, the Pistons got off to a good start, and the, the three losses they actually suffered were to the Celtics twice. So two to the Celtics yeah. is not that bad. So mm-hmm. uh, when you're talking about losses to that kind of team, I wouldn't worry too much about them repeating what they did last year with barely being a 500 team, not even being a 500 team. Yeah. Um, I, I think they will improve this year. I think, I think they'll still make the playoffs. Yeah. You have any thoughts, Andrew on Dwayne Casey? Uh, yeah. I mean, he's a good coach. Uh, they should be able to be a, you know, four or five seed in the East. Yeah. I think so. Ooh, uh, how about the four or five? But yeah, four or five is <laughs> is kind of up there. It's not impossible, but it's up there. Yeah. Well, Blake Griffin's looking better. Um, how about Memphis Grizzlies four and two under Bickerstaff? Um, Garrett Temple finding uh, he kind of started off the season rough, but as of lately, he's put up a good string of games. Uh, Grit and Grime may not be back, but the Grizzlies are slowly starting to look a little bit better, and they actually find themselves back in that hunt uh, for a playoff spot if the NBA playoffs were to start today. Um, is this a good trend, bad trend, or completely uh, um, no effect whatsoever? I mean, I, I think this is trending up. I mean, it's exactly where they were last year, right? They started mm-hmm. off hot. Uh, they, were, they were in the playoff race, and no one really saw it coming because they didn't have, like, that new talent, you know, that everyone was raving about, just rolling mm-hmm. with Conley. But they're still a solid team. They still got a little bit of grit and grind in them with those players that they have, and I mean, Garrett, to make a guy like Garrett Temple actually look like a decent NBA starter, like <laughs> that—that's impressive. This is this is a guy that never has averaged double digits in his career, and he's been in the league for a while now. I think it's yeah. like eight years he's been in the league, and now he's averaging fourteen points a game out of nowhere. Like now's his time. Yeah, now, yeah, now's his time. Now I is see his time. Garrett Temple putting up a thirty-point game. I'm like, what? <laughs> Who? <laughs> yeah, and you got the New York Knicks two and six under under Fizdale right now. Um, so the team is struggling, but I think uh, uh, obviously this team is uh, shorthanded. Uh, Christos Brzingis is out. Kevin Knox is out at this moment. Mario Hinojosa cannot hit shots. Uh, this team is just kind of still figuring itself out. And is Fizz still the man for this job, you think, Sean? Yeah, he is the man. You know, mm. no one expected him to come in here with a Trey Burke-led New York Knicks Tim Hardaway Jr. led Knicks and just take the league by a storm. Like, this team is terrible. No Porzingis (laughs) for probably the rest of the year. And they brought him in understanding that this this wasn't going to be, like, a big year for them. He's there for the long haul, and he's going to develop some of these young guys. I mean, they got a a nice big man in Mitchell Robinson. They still got Neil Aquina at point guard to develop there. Kevin Knox has shown some flashes still, um, even after the summer league, so... I mean, it's not his fault that they suck. They're just going to suck this year. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, how about these teams? Magic Suns, Hawks, Magic two and five, Suns one and six, the Hawks two and six. Sounds about right. Is coaching <laughs> is any co- is coaching having any effect here? Or is this just a this is just or is it just a fault of bad rosters, young young talent? Uh it's definitely just bad rosters. Yeah. Like there's very few coaches in the NBA. I, I, I can probably name three that could take rosters like these and actually do something good with them. I'd say you'd, you'd have to have Brad Stevens, Quinn Snyder, or Greg Popovich if you wanted anything okay. out of these rosters. True. Man, these... What about the Raptors? The Raptors 7-1. and one. Um, Is this due to the coaching change, or you think it's a little bit more to do with uh, Kawhi Leonard stepping in for this team? Oh, come on. That's an easy one, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's Nick, got... Nick Nurse. Ugh. He's it's, fine. It's Kawhi. I mean... He's, yeah. he's he's playing like Kawhi Leonard. Yeah, he's putting himself back into that top ten conversation with his play as of lately. Uh, Bet Dwayne Casey really misses ha- not misses not having that guy in a Toronto jer- in a Toronto jersey. Instead, he's got Blake Griffin and Andre Drummond, which aren't two bad pieces. Yeah, no, I mean Andre Drummond's great. Um, yeah, and Blake Griffin's pretty good too, unless he gets hurt. But going back to the Suns, I want to just touch on the Suns for just a second, just because I think they should be better than one and six right now. Like I've watched some Suns games. They, I mean, given Devin Booker has been on and off hurt over the, mm-hmm. over the first seven games, but they are better than the Mavericks, and the Mavericks have more wins than them right now. They have DeAndre Ayton, who's been playing really well, and they have some good veterans in like Crawford, Ariza. But, like, yeah. they just keep underperforming, and it's really, oh, man. It just makes it feel like there's never going to be a light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, I mean, this is a – they kind of struggle to close games, and they don't really have anybody coming off the bench to give them that scoring punch. And, obviously, not having Devin Booker consistently there has hurt. I mean, where's Dragon Bender and Josh Jackson? Where are these young guys? Dude, Dragon Bender does not belong in the NBA. No. Yeah. He'd probably do great in China, pick. though, with that name. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, join <laughs> up with Jimmer. <laughs> the dragon. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so about- this is this is a good one. I think, Ray Ray, you'll have, you'll have a lot to say about this one. The Rockets yes. offering four first-round draft picks for Jimmy Butler. The Wolves do not bite on it at all uh, after we hear that report. Uh, we hear nothing from Timberwolves camp, almost as if they completely denied it. Uh, Ray Ray, what are we looking at here? What, what do you think is going to happen with this Jimmy Butler situation? Well, so if I'm Tom Thibodeau, I would want an extension before I make that trade. <laughs> That's, yeah. Good luck. I, once I, once yeah. I get an extension, you got to make that trade. Like, four first round I don't picks. Think, I think they are willing to let him go, though, you know? I don't think they would want to offer him an extension. That's what I'm thinking. I think in this relationship is probably so strained I'm at this point. I'm surprised he's still there. Yeah, I, I honestly think that um, Glenn Taylor's just waiting till the end of the season to get rid of Tom Thibodeau. And I think he's just gonna ride it out just to not m- continue making his franchise look like a dysfunct as dysfunctional as it is. Um, yeah, I think he's he's already gonna fire him over this whole the way this whole Jimmy Butler situation is going on, but. I think he's a smart man, and he knows it'd probably be better to just wait till the end of the year to do it. And Tom Thibodeau probably knows that, and that's also why he's so hesitant to trade Jimmy Butler. He's probably like, hell, I'm already going to lose this my job. Might as well go all in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for real. So, so here's the question, though. like, What do the Rockets have to give up for the Timberwolves to finally let go of Jimmy Butler? Like, What are we talking here? James Harden. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't really know. I mean, first four first four first round draft picks for Jimmy Butler. I don't think that sounds too bad for the Wolves. Um, I mean, maybe they throw in a player like um, I don't know Brandon Knight or uh, who was completely injured. <laughs> yeah, yeah Eric Gordon, I mean, like yeah, Ray Ray said Eric Gordon. I think that's I mean, that's I'm one you have to throw in. I'm sure that's what the Wolves want. I think that's where the Rockets are not willing to go. I don't think they want to give up Eric Gordon uh, for Jimmy Butler. Though, I mean, yeah, I mean, it would be nice to keep Eric Gordon, keep him as your your guy coming off the bench. But he honestly has not been playing that well this year so far. Um, and it's been hurting this team. And that's why they stand at 1-5. And, and 
towards the bottom in the league in both the def- defense and offensive rating. Yeah, well, I just don't get why they're not willing to put Eric Gordon in the trade. Like, if that's the piece that the Timberwolves need to make this happen, it's not like he's young. It's not like he's in his prime anymore. Like, mm-hmm. I, Jimmy Butler is in his prime, and he's shown he's still balling really well, like, in the games that he's played this year. And he sat yeah. out the last game because of rest or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, <laughs> it's also possible that they did offer um, Eric Gordon, and maybe the Wolves actually want, you know, Clint Capella in there, what? which if that's no, it, they, I don't think I, don't I wouldn't do that. They have Towns. No. True. That's true. So what other teams then do we think, like, Jimmy Butler could get shipped to at this point. Seems like the Rockets are the only one that are actively giving offers out. I mean, I still think Brooklyn is a possibility. Um, I think they have a good package. I mean, Miami's also seems like a good place. Uh, but it, I mean, it all just depends. It just doesn't. I don't really think things could get better than first four first round draft picks um, and a quality player in that package deal. Uh, I don't. I don't really know who would who would really up their offer above that. I'm surprised yeah. that that the Houston Rockets would even offer that. Because yeah, you would really you're really putting all your coins in for the next four or five years. Because they with a, yeah, because they can't resign court. Butler, right? They'd just be like a one year deal. I think they could. They could, but they just yeah. they just be in like massive luxury tax. Okay. Right. But mm. yeah, that. That would mean they'd have to convince Clint Capella to continue taking. Oh well, I guess it depends how the market plays out for him. But they would have to hope that Clint Capella doesn't attract um, huge amounts of money, and they can get him for the similar, the same similar deal they have now. But yeah, they would be in that luxury tax for quite some time. And I mean, you're also talking repeater tax as well, which it looks like they're willing to go into if this story is true that they actually did offer this many picks. Yeah. Uh, I think the and, big move that, that Daryl Morey needs to make is just to cut Carmelo Anthony. <laughs> yes, oh. thank you. <laughs> That's He's not going to work. Garbage. So. <laughs> he is so bad yeah. at basketball. Yeah, he's shooting towards the bottom in his field goal percentage and three-point percentage. I just saw it. Well, I think he's shooting like 42% from the field, like something like that. And his I don't, defense is atrocious. Yeah, it's right. <laughs> Yeah, he's just bad. He was bad last year. He's even worse this year. I mean, it's not getting any better. Yeah, so he's one of the guys who has not benefited from the scoring explosion uh, that we're basically seeing right now in the NBA where every team right now, or right now the league team average is 112 points. um, Yes. And the game is... The game pace has been on the rise since the 2011 season to an all-time high to 101 possessions um, versus 91.3 back in 2011, as well as the three-point revolution where we have more threes attempted than ever before. Uh, Since 2011, it's risen from 18.4 average three-point attempts to 31 attempts, Hmm. while the three-point percentage has basically stayed the same, 34% versus 35%. That's so insane. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it's because the Warriors started it. You know, yeah. Everybody's trying to be the Warriors at this point. I'm. I mean, are you are you guys digging this scoring explosion we're seeing? And uh, basically, uh, the amount of the new calling that's been going around that basically I think is making it so much harder for teams to play defense. And uh, you kind of just have to throw yourself in front of people and just hope that the shot doesn't go in. Well, yeah. Well, the Warriors love this because it used to be the only way to guard Steph and Clay was just grab them as they're running around screens <laughs> and stuff. I mean, Chris Paul is great at it. And, uh, oh, yeah. I mean, now you can't do that. You got to let the guys get through those tight spaces and that they're going to get open. Like, and then they're going to hit yeah, shots. Yeah. yeah, it just seems like, yeah, like this year even so, like more than previous years, like the pace has just picked up incredibly, like to what seems like an almost unsustainable rate. Like unless these all these players are just like so well conditioned this year, like way more than years past. Like, or were they not even trying before? I don't, I don't even know how they're able to sustain this. I mean, it's early in the season. It'll be interesting to see if these guys start getting fatigued come halfway through the season with the pace being picked up this much. Yeah. I'd, I'd be curious to see if it stays at one Oh one. I mean, it's been steadily climbing. And so it's been made that higher pace has been maintained. Um, 
But I mean, the the 112 points, that one really stands out. I mean, basically, at first, before it felt like if you got to 105 or 110, then you pretty much won the basketball game. But now, like, you can get, you can score 115 and get blown out. <laughs> right. Yeah. Happen, happened today with um, the, the Kings and the Hawks game. The Kings scored 140 something points to the Hawks 110 something. It was yeah. ridiculous. So, I mean, with all these all these threes being jacked up, do you think that kind of hurts the quality of the game a little bit? Like, you'll have teams like, I don't know, uh, like the Mavericks sort of attempting the most threes in the league right now, but making such a low percentage of them and uh, not not really walking away with as many wins as, as the Warriors. Like, is that, is that something people want to watch, you think? I think so. Like, people like a faster-paced action type of game. Because mm-hmm. it keeps your your brain interested, you know. You're, you're watching it. You see them go back and forth. Um, there's not as much stoppage in the play. They're just running up and down. Like people like to see that. Um, I think the more casual fans like to see that. I mean, me personally, I wish there were some teams that were good at defense. Right yeah. now, like you're good at defense if you hold them to 105 points a game, which, like, I don't know. Like a few years ago, that was like ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, it was like last only last year, I believe, or maybe two years ago, we were talking about how the Warriors were holding just most teams under 100 points. Like it was extremely difficult to get to over 100 on them. And now it seems like I don't think there there there'll be a team like that in the league this year. At least that's what it's looking oh, like so far. Definitely not. I mean, the Lakers are <laughs> averaging giving up what 120 a game right now. Yeah, um, but I mean, obviously, this is all benefiting the Warriors at this point, who are just crushing the league um they only have one loss so far this year and Steph Curry on pace for 500 threes this season I mean to me I mean he's looking like the best point guard in the league and definitely an M- back back to being an MVP candidate uh, he's leading the league right now with 33 points per game as well as shooting an absurd absurd amount um 52 percent from three so far at this point that's not going to be maintained but still <laughs> for somebody to make half their half their three-point attempts that's kind of crazy it is crazy. Yeah, he just—he really showed up ready to play this season. And while I agree these these numbers aren't going to hold up quite so high, I mean, he's still looking like he's going to have an unbelievable year, like, and probably break his own three point record again. Oh, yeah, that's totally. what it's looking like. Yeah, I mean, it's it's just crazy. Like, I I keep seeing stats of Steph Curry like. Or like a graph of like how many threes he's made this season, and then like how much like other teams have made total this season, and he's made more than like the Cavaliers have made. He's made more threes than the Clippers have made this year. Like it's it's just the most absurd stats I've seen. Yeah, I mean his three point shooting percentage right now is like what DeAndre Jordan's free throw shooting percentage <laughs> a couple years ago. <laughs> like that's that's absurd. I mean he's shooting better from three than most guy than a lot of NBA guys. Are shooting just from just from the field, just from mid range or at the basket. It's kind of, cra- I mean, one important one stat that stuck out to me was Lonzo Ball's like uh, shooting percentage at the rim was like forty eight percent last year in his rookie year. Uh, for an entire season, Steph Curry's shooting better from three at this point. <laughs> yeah, do you think he can go the whole year above fifty percent? Oh no. no way! From three? No, no way. No, but I think he I mean, can do something I, like no. 46%, 47%, which is still crazy with the rate that he shoots at. Yeah, yeah. that would be insane. That would still uh, be insane. I, yeah. I mean, if he goes like 44, I'd be like, whoa, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah. um, but at this point, it kind of looks like he could maintain somewhere. Uh, yeah, we could see the best three-point shooting season ever from a player um, if he if he maintains within that yeah. 40 range. It's I'm here crazy. for that. I'm, I'm, I'm here for all of that. <laughs> Oh man, it'll be the third time in his career he had the best three-point shooting uh, season in the entire history of the league. Yeah, and I'll make this point because I was super wrong. I thought this Warrior team would be like, um, you know, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't see them going winning this many games this early. I thought they were going to struggle, but this whole fast pace and throwing, chucking up threes is really helping the Warriors uh, not be exposed for their biggest weakness, which is basically uh, front court defense uh, and their lack of rebounding. With everybody running around and shooting threes, nobody's really attacking the Warriors' biggest weak spot. Um, and Steph Curry's offense is also mitigating that. 
Yeah. I mean, yeah, it, it was really apparent to me even. I mean, it was super apparent before that, like, the league is going in this direction. But this is some points that I saw brought up in the Bucks celtics game tonight. Um, the Celtics' Aaron Baines was shooting threes at will. And this is this is a seven foot hulking guy that like has no business shooting threes. Like it would be he'd like get put on the bench if he shot a three like five right. years ago. But Brad Stevens just has him out there shooting threes, and he even made a few of them. And they're just talking about it. it's like how how is the league in this state now where your center, your like traditional center, has to be out there shooting threes now? Yeah, it's wild. I mean, it just makes me think maybe Andrew Bynum was ahead of the curve by a lot <laughs> that one year. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> he yeah. just pulled up for sure three. Was. on. A... <laughs> yeah, but uh, talking about the Celtics, they're actually they're catching fire right now, at least the last couple this last week. Uh, they're 6-2, winning four straight games, including games against the Thunder, Pistons twice, and this close game against the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, and Kyrie Irving, Finally breaking out and putting together the performances that we thought he'd put together uh, through this whole year, averaging twenty nine point five points over the last two games. Yeah, yeah. I mean he sh- he shaved his mini fro and his beard, oh. his ugly beard, and then he all of a sudden started playing good basketball. So that's all he needed was a clean cut, you know? Right? Yeah, gotta stay clean shaven. You know, it really helps with your performance. So the Ky- the new Kyrie's also came out today. So what do you think is more likely, the shave <laughs> or the sh- the new shoes? Ooh. I think they go hand in hand, you know. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Why can't it be both? Yeah, yeah you're right. I yeah, like yeah that. I kept it going. I-, I don't know. I think the shave the shave for me was a big part of it. Yeah, he did kind of. He did. He didn't really look very good at the start he, of the he year. He looked like so. he slept through the entire off season and then woke up yeah. all of a sudden and had to start playing basketball. It could, it could, maybe that could have been why. Maybe he was still doing, going over some rehab over the summer and didn't quite get into the shape he needed to be in. Um, but a team I didn't expect to be in this list, <laughs> at least maybe not at this point. I thought maybe randomly when they got the favor of being playing against the Atlanta Hawks in the same week, maybe we would have put them here. But the Sacramento Kings, six and three, better record than the Lakers and OKC at this point, and the Houston Rockets. And a lot of teams, really. Yeah, they're they're in a. They're in a playoff spot right now. If the NBA were to start today, but um, yeah, I mean they they beat some quality teams. I mean, qu- some of them are quality. The Grizzlies, uh, yeah, I, half quality. Wizards, they are awful right now. Miami Heat, they got an all star. They have an all star. <laughs> yeah, and then yeah, the Heat are decent. Magic are terrible. Hawks are terrible. But they still okay. won. They still won all the games, which. I mean, when you're the Kings and I had you as, like, the worst team in the league potentially going into the season, there's no way they win five games in a row no matter who they're playing. <laughs> right. But, yeah, here they are. I mean, De'Aaron Fox all of a sudden looks like he's going to be an all-star soon. Uh, Marvin yeah. Bagley's having a good season. Will Cauley-Stein having Will a good season. Will Cauley-Stein is balling. Nemanja yeah. Bajelica. Like, <laughs> who, these guys are all just playing so well. Like way better well, than they need to play. They need even to Buddy Hill, Buddy yeah, Hill even, had a couple uh, twenty I, plus games. <laughs> he is shooting the ball well for I this team right now. I knew you'd bring that one up. He's playing well. I have to admit, he's not an all star, but he's playing well. Yeah, and they still have Bogdanovic um, coming onto this roster pretty soon as well. He's injured, um, so maybe this team is only going to get better. Are there Kings for real, Ray Ray? <laughs> hmm. I don't know. I don't know if they they're gonna get better than a like six sixty seven win percentage, but <laughs> <laughs> probably not. Yeah, but they could be in, ten, in contention for the eighth seed or something, maybe. That I think that would still be quite a feat. There would be. I mean, I think the eighth seed is gonna be like forty six wins, forty six, forty seven, uh, maybe forty five. Uh, so that would that would put the that would mean the Kings would have to finish well over 500 to be there. Um, I don't know. I don't mm-hmm. see it. But, hey, I, I, I'm, I'm excited, though. This young team is on the rise, and they got some good talent. I mean, yeah, I'm not going to buy in. I still think they're a terrible team at the end of the day. I, I think they're going to still finish with, like, 35 wins. 
I'll give them 35, yeah. though. That's way more than I gave them in the preseason. So they're, they're on their way. Yeah. That All sounds right. about right. I just, I'm enjoying the, the early season surprise anyways. Yeah. True. I, I mean, I just so, I remember last year when, like, you really really get to look at all these teams when we're doing this podcast because we study it, and, like, the Magic and the Grizzlies looked so good at the beginning of the year last year. Oh, then they just tanked. And they just, they're awful. They're lottery teams, so, like, like deep lottery, top five lottery teams. So I'm not falling for that again with this Sacramento Kings team. Yeah, and, I mean, it's easy to see who's bluffing and who's not if you look at the schedule. Um and I think the Sacramento Kings, they they played some good quality teams, but they haven't yet really played elite teams outside of maybe, uh, I guess you can, could you, would you consider the Nuggets an elite team now? Yeah, yeah, I would. Yeah, outside of the Nuggets and the Pelicans. I'm not sure if the Pelicans are elite yet. They uh, are with they Anthony did Davis the when he's healthy in the lineup. They beat the Thunder mm-hmm. when they didn't have Westbrook, though, so I don't know how much you count yeah. that for. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. There's a lot of there's a lot of evidence pointing to it being a fake. Yeah, I mean the schedule has been a little bit easy, but still, yeah. To your point, nobody ever thought they would win five straight, regardless of who <laughs> was in their opponent, whether it was the Beijing Dragons or <laughs> uh, or the Memphis Grizzlies. But another team was the Pistons, who started off really hot, um, and they're also a team that when you when you looked at the record at their start, you're like, oh, wow, maybe they're get- this is their year. But if you dig deeper into their schedule, you start realizing that uh, they kind of had a little bit of a soft schedule, I think, outside of maybe those Celtic games. Um, but now they lost three straight, twice to the Celtics and once to the Brooklyn Nets, um, sinking fast. I mean, is this a team that's just sort of in a bad trend, or um, is this really who they are, you think? Uh it's right in the middle. Like, yeah, they, they will lose to the Celtics because the Celtics are much better than them. Mm-hmm. And they're going to lose to the Nets teams like the Nets sometimes because they're not that next. They're not that elite team. Yeah, uh, but they're not they're not going to continue losing at this rate. They're going to stabilize. They're going to be a little over 500 this year is what I think. Still, like, I think their trajectory is still pretty similar to what it was in the preseason. Yeah, I think Detroit's going to be around 500 or so. Yeah, yeah. I think so too. Um, maybe a little, little bit below, I think. I'll give them that maybe. I don't know. I'm just kind of looking at some of these wins. The Brooklyn Nets, they beat them by three. The Bulls, they beat them by two. Uh, they got a close one against the 76ers and just got blown out by the Celtics. Um, lost a close one against the Nets. I mean, so... Yeah, they got a couple wins here, but they were so close against some of these not-so-good teams. Uh, I'm not a big believer in the Pistons. Yeah, one thing to, to note, though, is that Blake Griffin is usually... He has been playing he's great. He's been playing amazing, and he's usually injured or trying to recover from an injury during the season. And he said this is the first year offseason that he's had in a long time where he's actually gotten to condition himself rather than having mm-hmm. to rehab injuries from the previous season. So he actually got in a full offseason, a full summer of workouts in, and I think that's attributed to why he's been playing so well, and I think it might be kind of a little bit of a resurgence for him this year. So I think he continues this pace. He's looking really good so far, and yeah, if they're going to do anything come playoff time, like they're going to rely on him heavily. Yeah, and I mean, Andre Drummond has been playing, as having his best year so far. I mean, it looks like it. Yeah, he's got um, he's two 20 games, right? Yeah, he's leading the league in rebounds as well at this point. Um, so I guess if you're going to be a believer, those are two guys you can hang your head on. But I still am not a believer in this Pistons team. I think they're 500 or slightly below. Um, so let's go to Houston Rockets, who have just lost four straight. Oof. Part of the reason, I'll give them a little bit. I'll give them this. They, they don't have James Harden the last two games, but um, obviously the West is also so much more competitive than what the Pistons are going up against night in and night out. Right. I mean, they lose two to the Clippers, but the Clippers are they're, – they're, they're, um, We're decent. Yeah. Uh, you, they <laughs> fight. I mean, okay. you got characters like Patrick Beverly, Boban, Montrezl Harrell. Uh, this is a this is a team that's a full full of fighters. Yeah, we're a scrappy team, and man, we mm. got so lucky that they were out without Chris Paul for one of those games, and then James Harden the other game. Oh, true. <laughs> but even so, 
you think about the Rockets last year, they were without Paul for a good stretch of games. They were without Harden for a good stretch of games, and they still won those games. So I think it just speaks to how much worse they got the rest of their team. I mean, you bring in a guy like Carmelo Anthony and James Ennis III to replace Ariza and (laughs) Mabamute, like, it shows. Yeah, I mean, they, they're they just crossing their fingers that Brandon Knight can give him a little bit something when he comes back. But Eric Gordon has really been having a disappointing season. I think a, the Rockets struggle. I mean, you consider the, the injuries, but he's someone you can you, you, you would hope would step up and really put together some good efforts without James Harden there and without Chris Paul. But he's kind of just been non-existent for them. Yeah, so do we see this team as a top three seed anymore? I don't. I don't know. I don't. Yeah, I want to say I don't. And, it, yeah, it sucks a little bit to say that because I was so high on them and OKC, but both these teams are not looking good. Yeah. Ray yeah. Ray, you don't think so either? I I mean, I'd have to guess that they'd still be able to pull it together and be a, like a four or five seed, but I'm not counting on them to be, like, the big competition for the Warriors this season. Yeah, who, so who do we think is, like, the main competition for the Warriors now that the Rockets look so bad? Oh, for the Warriors, I mean, while I see the West as being just better top to bottom, I think the biggest competition will be the two teams in the East, the Boston and Toronto. Yeah, that's oh. true. That's very true. The, mm-hmm. I think I saw something, actually, where uh, Kevin Durant said he thinks the main like the main competition to him is the Celtics. Just because they're young, they have a lot of guys that can guard multiple positions. Yeah. Um, not, nothing we haven't heard before, but yeah, to hear it from him himself, I mean, yeah, that means the Celtics are, are the team that's going to have to take him down. Well, yeah, and I'm not so quick to to give Durant so much credit on that statement. I don't no. know. I feel like I think the, the, the Western Conference playoffs are still going to be a grind for this Warriors team. Um, in a seven-game series, or just a you know just a playoff series, is uh, the regular season is one thing, but the playoffs are another. And I think any of these Western Conference teams, if something doesn't go right for the Warriors, injury there, or mental lapses, like they might see themselves down in, in one of these series, and uh, the grind is going to be real. I think. Hmm. And with that, and with that said, I think there's a handful of teams I think that could really give them trouble. The Nuggets, I think, are looking good. I still, I'm a believer in the Utah Jazz. Yeah, you love um, the Jazz. <laughs> and I think the Pelicans in the first round or second round could also give them some trouble and just really wear them down. And in the Western Conference Finals, uh, I think anything could be possible. Well, we'll see how uh, the the Boogie Cousins experiment works out because yeah, that's one of those things. If he comes in <laughs> and helps and is a dominant center for them, like watch out. I don't think anyone is going to give him much uh, competition. But, you know, if if he just causes a little bit of drama, wants the ball too much, takes shots away from Curry and Durant and Clay, then, you know, maybe maybe the West will be a a tough gauntlet to go through again. Yeah, Uh, I think so. Us uh, us L.A. fans can only hope. (laughs) Um. Yeah, Yeah, maybe Lakers make it in. I don't think the Lakers will really – wear down the Warriors well we'll see we'll see how they improve yeah there's a lot of basketball to play yeah yeah for the Rockets though just just to finish off that point like I I don't think any of us are worried about them making the playoffs at all at this point but these losses are gonna start stacking up for them like they're these losses count you know like oh yeah yeah the margin of error in the west is so small like being one in five is a little bit of a bigger deal than it was um last year yeah definitely um, yeah, uh, so why don't we move on to the best performers of the week here? We got a couple of uh, some good ones names. In this one. Yeah, usually you see the stars, the MVP candidates here, but <laughs> I mean, let's start it off with Zach Collins, seven for seven from the field, seventeen six and two, two steals and a block in only eighteen minutes. Uh, there you go, the Orlando Magic defense for you, making <laughs> Zach Collins look like he's like he did when he was uh, back in college. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, man. He looks good. I mean, for this Portland team, like they they've needed guys to step up for them and with Zach Collins, Nick Stauskas and some of those other guys, like they're actually looking like a really strong team this year. Yeah. 
if Zach Collins continues to progress, what well, the Portland Trailblazers might have something to say about being the second best or third best team in the West. Yeah, I could see it. Yeah, they're responding yeah. well to all the smack talk they took this offseason. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you, you get a lot of smack when you, you get swept being the three seed right. in the playoffs last year. They have a lot to prove. Yeah, against a team whose second best player tore his Achilles. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, how about DeMontis Sabonis? Sabonis continued to improve. He's been steadily getting better and uh, in 21 minutes, he also went 12 for 12 from the field. No missed shots, 30 points, nine rebounds off the bench in a win against the New York Knicks. Uh, man. There's the Knicks defense for you. <laughs> yeah, there it is. But Sabonis is cool, is good. I like this guy. He, uh, I mean, the OKC must be looking back at the guys they traded away and just uh, stunned at the progression that they've made in Autolipo and Sabonis. Oh, man. That. Yeah, you got you have Paul George, so in the end you win. But at the end of the day, you look at Sabonis and Oladipo, and you're like, "Wow, like these guys are actually legit, and they made basically their own playoff team in the East." Yeah, but this is my favorite one. Make <laughs> yeah. them dance, Lance Stevenson. Twenty five <laughs> minutes, ten for fourteen. 23, 8, and 8, and two steals in the win versus the Suns. So this is a common trend here, I feel like. We're going to keep highlighting best performers when they play against the Magic, the Knicks, <laughs> the Suns, and possibly the, the Hawks, Bulls, yeah. it seems to me. <laughs> the, Bulls, the Bulls, yeah, throw them in there. The like Lakers, Lance, I'm going to guess the Lakers will have a few against them, too. Oh, yeah, terrible defense. But, I mean, Lance Stevenson, this is what you get when you sign him. You know you're going to get one stellar performance and three uh, decent performances, and, and you'll get a, a really head-scratching play every now and then from this guy. Uh, but helping the Lakers get their first win of the year. And how about this one? Derek Rose, 50 points, dominating Halloween night performance against the Jazz. Uh, Derek, I saw some I saw some memes online of basically Derek Rose with his Halloween costume, and it was like, oh, Derek Rose's Halloween costume, him just like, uh, you know, kind of taking his – Taking his mask off and underneath that is just his own face, but, you know, <laughs> taken from a, from 2011, yeah. That is scary. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, Derek Rose, man, I have nothing but respect for this man. Like, the 2011 MVP, you just go through heartbreaking injury, season-ending injury, almost career-ending injuries at times. Mm-hmm. Other people would have quit a long time ago. Like, yeah, like everyone would have quit, but this guy kept fighting. He makes minimum money this year, the veterans minimum. And luckily, luckily enough, Jeff Teague gets hurt. Average Jeff Teague. And you bring in Derek Rose and he's finally looks like he's healthy again for the first time in forever. And he just takes over like, man, this is the Derek Rose. I loved to watch back when I was in basically like a freshman in college or high school, even at this point. Like, mm-hmm. it was beautiful, man. Like, man, wow. Cool. And then the block to finish off the game. Well, right. and if, uh, um, if Butler misses more time, I mean, they might need someone to score, so he might have more opportunity there. Do, yeah. do you he, think that he, this is enough reason for Jimmy Butler to want to stay? I don't know. I, um, I feel like that relationship is fractured. It's fractured, but, man, you just had Derrick Rose go for 50. True. I mean, but let's let's not get too caught up here. I mean, it's 50 points. Huge. I mean, but how likely is it to happen again? And if it does, how close to 50 will it be? I mean, give him the starter minutes and let's find out, man. I mean, yes. Jeff Teague's the right. Jeff Teague's the most boring player. Like Derek Rose finally looks healthy. He's actually this isn't his only good game this year, too. I mean, he's had other good games off the bench this year. Right. Um, I mean, it's impressive. It was against a. This is a really good Utah Jazz team that prides itself in defense. So a big win for Minnesota. I'm not ready to buy stock into Derrick Rose to say per se, um, but I am interested to see what he can put together. And yeah, I mean, it would be really great if uh, that he ends up being that scoring punch for the for the Timberwolves. And I guess a long shot here, maybe he does convince Jimmy Butler to stay. Yeah, I mean, if he if Derrick Rose can play like be like a twenty five po- or not twenty five, that would be ridiculous. If he yeah. was like a twenty point a night guy, like you have that on your team now alongside Jimmy Butler and Towns, it's pretty solid. 
Yeah, I think so, too. I mean, and we're talking about the West where every win counts, really. And, and this is a big win against the Utah Jazz for this team, keeping themselves rolling. Uh, but Clay Thompson, record-breaking <laughs> 14 threes, 52 points in three quarters. I mean, this is just this is this uh, this is something he does every once a season. Hot. He scores huge in only three quarters. Yeah, he just starts making shots, and then next thing you know, he has a ton of points. And you're like, how did that just happen? Right, and this is what a way to respond because I think he went a couple games where he was just not shooting very well. Kind of had like a cold yeah, streak a going. Yeah, he was yeah. in a slump. He, he hadn't really done anything like the whole the first like six games, seven games really, and then everyone's like, "Oh, is Clay Thompson just like, oh, is he just like taking a back role now because no. Curry's playing so well?" He was hungover, and then, he, and then yeah, right when mm-hmm. all that happens, he just lights it up for the record for three pointers in a game. <laughs> so crazy. Yeah, that that's what it's like to to be a Warrior fan or or on the Warriors team is you got options, you know. <laughs> somebody's somebody's off, somebody's going to be on though. Um and that person that's going to be on is obviously one of the best shooters in the league and Klay Thompson, Curry or Durant. Take your pick. Right. Uh but Darren Fox, the Fox waking up and making his name heard. 31, 10 and 15. Absolutely destroying the Hawks and putting Trey Young to sleep a little bit here <laughs> with this performance. Man, I didn't watch much of this game. I, I tuned in for the end because I saw De'Aaron Fox was just murdering them. And it was just like, it looked like a different team. Like, <laughs> the Sacramento Kings did not look like the Sacramento Kings. And, dude, no. De'Aaron Fox could be something special, man. Like, Lakers might have missed out on their guy. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. Maybe this reignites that Deer and Fox versus Lonzo Ball rivalry. I'm, I'm pretty excited now to see when they when they'll meet up again. I mean, this, these guys went at it in college, um, mm-hmm. so and it kind of looked like you know Deer and Fox was falling off a little bit with the rise of Mitchell and Lonzo and a couple of those other guys, but he's back and he's looking better than ever. Yeah. So Ray Ray, who who would you give the best performance of the week award to out of all these guys? Uh, I think we got to give it to Derek Rose just for the nostalgia. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I agree. All right, yep. cool. Let's see these worst performances of the week, though. This is always a fun one. Uh, Blake Griffin. Boy. Uh, for all, all the uh, praise I gave him earlier, he made this <laughs> list still with uh, in 30 minutes shooting 2 of 14 from the field for 7.6 rebounds, 3 assists, and 3 turnovers in a brutal 20-point loss to the Celtics. Earlier this there you week, go. man. Again, to that point, sometimes it's a little bit about who you play. Uh, yeah. Boston Celtics, great disciplined team, an elite team in the East. They're not going to let Blake Griffin come in there and score 30-plus points on them. Nah, not not that day. Nope. But I'll, I'll let you take this one. This is your guy right here, JR. JR Swoosh. Swoosh, 0 for 7, <laughs> 2 turnovers, 0 points, 2 rebounds, 0 assists. In 20 minutes, Jr. Swoosh did not come out to play. <laughs> Jr. Trash came out to play this night. Um, he had two steals, though, but unfortunately did not help the Cavaliers get a win um, against the Pistons. Uh, and this guy wants I mean, more minutes. I mean, he did not deserve more minutes. I mean, even last year, there was talks about sending him to the bench. He ended up, you know, being the starter. But Jr. Smith has been on a downward trend for a couple for more than a couple years now, and. I, I mean, I don't know. You give him minutes, this is what you're going to get, I think, at this point. Um, Great. N- I think enough said there. Ricky Rubio going one for eight, four, two, and six, two steals and six turnovers. Ooh. And they, But he still managed to help this team get a win against the Houston Rockets. No help um, to him. <laughs> yeah, probably no help to him. Yeah, Ricky Rubio, though, just he's, a bad day at the office. I mean, he's had a few bad days this year. I I he seems to have regressed a little. He was looking really good last year for this team. Uh, stepped up, was a leader, helped them to get to the, that playoff seed that they got. Mm-hmm. He does not look like the same player this year. He's had a couple duds where I'm like, oh man, like he doesn't seem like he's ready to play. Yeah, and I mean this Utah Jazz team. Um, I mean I'm high on them. I still think they're going to be a great team in the West, but they've lost a couple close ones now uh, that they should have won. And, uh, yeah, they need Ricky Rubio to find his groove again. Do you guys think that out of all, all the teams that made the, the West playoffs last year, do you think the Jazz are the team that's most likely to miss the playoffs this year? No. No way. I think – no, they're not missing it. 
No. I don't know, I, man. They're, I just feel like they're not strong enough to, for me to like completely rely on them as a playoff team. Like Donovan Mitchell's good, but he's not like a superstar yet. I mean, you got Rudy Gobert, Defensive Player of the Year last year. Um, I yeah, think they fine. got enough. I mean, I just think I, they've lost a couple close ones. I think they have uh, enough, but I, I'm just saying, at, like, out of all the teams, I think I, I bet that they'd have the least chance of making the playoffs. No, I mean, because you got Minnesota and the, the Spurs that probably have a worse chance than, than Utah. You yeah, see, that I like the Spurs, though. That's where Alan and me completely yeah. disagree. I think the Spurs are a great team this year. I think they have I mean, a great chance. I mean, they'll be... I mean, I, they'll be solid, yeah. but I, I don't mean, think they have the talent that Utah does. It's I agree with that. Demar Derozan well. is better than anybody on the Jazz. Perhaps offensively, but I think Utah just looks like a better team. They're more complete. They got they got good players coming off the bench as well, solid scorers, and I mean Joe Ingles is playing better than ever as well. I like I said, I, I the record right now I don't think is reflective of who this team is really going to be once the season ends. And the same thing with the Spurs. I think the Spurs uh, played the Lakers twice. They played the Suns, the Mavs. I mean, they lost to the Trailblazers. So I think once the Spurs start playing some more elite teams, I think that record's going to shift a little bit more. I I personally think that it's the Spurs who have the least chance wow. of making the. The playoffs. No, man. <laughs> you, you guys are insane. Utah has a better point differential for what it's worth. You know. Yeah. I still, I think it'd be between the Jazz and the Wolves. Like, I'll give you guys the Wolves, okay. but not the Spurs, man. Not the Spurs. <laughs> I think, I think we could all agree on the Wolves, probably. Yeah. Well, that Jimmy Butler situation still so volatile. Yeah. Unless Derrick yeah. Rose is vintage Derrick Rose, though. Gee. Yeah. Not likely. <laughs> Just roll, um, roll I with Derrick Der- yeah. Rose and four number one picks. Let's go. Let's go. That's all we need. That's true. And I guess the last person to mention here is Ben Simmons throwing up the triple-double. Uh, the Dishonorable triple-double. 11 points, 10 assists, and 11 turnovers. And a loss against the Toronto Raptors. Yeah. Honorable mention because, I mean, the other stats are good. Like, 10 assists. Yeah. Like, 11 points is pretty bad for him, honestly. And then he had 8 rebounds in that game also, but... 11 turnovers ranks as one of the worst amounts of turnovers that's anyone's ever gotten in one game before. Yeah, especially if you're the one of the main ball handlers, you need that response. You need to be careful with that ball. Yeah. Um, but he almost got that quad double then. That yeah, quad almost. Triple. He has two rebounds from the quad double. Yeah. Not a good yeah. ratio there, though. Oh, terrible. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Who are we? Who Who do we think is the worst performance of this week so far? Right now. Jr. Looking swoosh. at all this. Is Jr. Swoosh, man. It's gotta be Jr. Trash. You <laughs> yeah, I agree. Ray, Ray, Andrew, you agree? I agree. Yeah. I mean, it was in Detroit too. If it was in L.A. or something, at least you have a nightlife excuse, right? But <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I don't know what Detroit's nightlife is like. I'm sure. I'm sure it's got. They got something. I'm sure Jr. knows how to how to find it. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So final thought, I mean, talking about who's most likely to miss the playoffs, there's three teams in particular uh, that I'm looking at. Uh, Shaking my head, a little stunned, a little not surprised. One of them, the Washington Wizards, 1-6, 26 in defensive rating right now, losing to the Kings. Um, Even no injuries on their side, uh, no coaching changes, nothing to fall back on there. OKC, 2-4, and four, the worst three-point shooting team in the league at this moment <laughs> at 27%, the third worst free-throw shooting team. I guess they got uh, Steven Adams missed one game. Russell Westbrook missed a couple string, a couple games there. Houston Rockets, 1-5, 25th in defensive rating, second to last in bench scoring. Um, these, but All three of these teams were former top five conference teams. So, painting the picture there, which out of all three of these is less likely to return to the playoffs this year, you think? Or are none of them are in trouble, you think? Oh, I think the Wizards are in big trouble. Yeah, I would agree with that. Because I don't think there's uh, a lot of evidence right now that that, that core can, can turn the, this around. Uh, Houston and OKC, you would still think they got enough talent and, you know, those guys can play together. But... I don't know. Mm-hmm. It just seems like the the Wizards have some some team chemistry issues that that might not get resolved this season. 
Yeah, I mean, John Wall, Bradley Beal, probably still don't like each other that much. And Austin Rivers is just a terrible player. Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm just going to throw that one in there because I called that. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, wh- one thing we got to mention, though, Dwight Howard has not played for them yet. It's true. Is he going to make that much of a difference? He's going to make it worse. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that's what it oh, seems to man. point to. I mean, yeah. Sure, Dwight Howard might help their defense. I'm not sure how much him alone could bump this from 26 to top 15 or top even in the top 20. Uh, yeah, it's it's hard. It sucks that the Washington Wizards got an all-star elite point guard in John Wall. Uh, they got Bradley Beal borderline all-star. Oder Porter, um, who he looks sucks. like a young player, just not having a great season right now. It kind of looks like they made a bad bet on him. Though I do think if he were traded, I think he would be able to... I just think it's a bad fit. This whole team. This whole team's just a bad fit. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. I think any of these guys are... I think all these guys are good players if they were in different situations. Yeah. You see see Dwight Howard's been out with a a sore buttocks? (laughs) Like, that's the official designation. (laughs) I I think he said a sore butt for, like, five years. (laughs) but he comes back this friday so if they if they somehow pull off a win with him maybe it all turns around yeah because i will say this for the washington wizards they're not in the west so they can still recover uh from this one and six and sneak their way back in there we'll see though yep yep yeah well thanks everybody for tuning in don't forget to to subscribe to us we're on itunes soundcloud uh google podcast google play stitcher and tune in we're everywhere hey thanks for having me guys yeah thanks for being with us thanks for talking basketball uh you can catch some more andrew for yourself on the ray ray pod yeah you do that (laughs) thanks everyone thanks guys